Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted, award-winning coffee at GotYourSixCoffee.com. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Melinda Myers. She is a nationally known gardening expert, TV radio host, author, and columnist with over 30 years of horticulture experience and has written over 20 gardening books, including Can't Miss Small Space Gardening, The Midwest Gardener's Handbook, and Jackson and Perkins' Beautiful Roses Made Easy. She hosts the nationally syndicated Melinda's Garden Moment program, airing on over 150 TV and radio stations throughout the United States. Melinda also hosts the internationally distributed Great Courses How to Grow Anything DVD series. She has the highest rating of five stars on greatgardenspeakers.com and hosted the Plant Doctor radio show for over 20 years as well as seven seasons of Great Lakes Gardener on PBS. I am extremely honored. Melinda has taken time to join me on Get Up Nation to share how families practicing social distancing during COVID-19 can grow together during the process of gardening. Melinda, welcome to Get Up Nation. Hey, it's great to be here. I love the opportunity to talk gardening. It's made such a great difference. It's not only my profession, but it's my passion. And anytime I can share that with others, I really appreciate the opportunity. So thank you, Ben. All right. Will you share what led to your love of gardening? Did it begin in your childhood? Did someone introduce it to you who was special in your life? How did it start? 
I always joke that my dad um, grew up on a farm, and we I grew up in the suburbs of Columbus, Ohio, and he always had a garden, but he wouldn't let my brother and I be in the garden. So I think part of the mystique was, well, there must be some fun things going on there if he won't let us in. But then my second grade teacher taught plant parts. I dissected plants. I never cut up a frog. I have a master's degree in horticulture, and I got through all of that without cutting up any animals. And so when I was in college, I decided that, you know, I was trying to combine my love of science and math, but people, and I'm really a practical person. And so through some career exploration, I decided horticulture was a great way to do that. And so I, you know, my love of plants translated into to a profession and I was an extension agent, an assistant city forester. I taught at a technical college and now I have my own company. And I always say I got to take the best parts of every parts of those jobs to make my company so I can help educate and inspire gardeners. So yeah, I think it kind of started early and my teachers, as I look back, really had a lot to do with instilling that knowledge of plants. And my dad and my grandma, we'd always go on hikes and I'd help her pick beans. And you know, my family helped inspire that connection to the garden as well. Oh, that's great. Um... I have like magical childhood memories of my grandparents uh, having a kitchen full of fresh berries and fruit picked from local orchards, you know, that it's, it's something that I, I love to revisit in my mind. I remember the smells and tastes of the jellies and jams that they would make. And uh, my grandma was a giggler. She would constantly be giggling in the, in the kitchen and we'd be having a great time tasting all these amazing, you know, sweets and, and uh, the fruit dishes that she would create. Um, what are some ways, you know, during social distancing, during COVID-19, what are some ways that parents can help in, or grandparents introduce the joy and wonder of gardening to their children? You know, one of the things I think I, I worry is people are very intimidated. I'm not going to be successful. And I, I love this quote. I don't know who said it is. Every green thumb gardener is a person who's grown lots of plants, killed quite a few along the way. They just don't talk about their failures. <laughs> and I talk about my failures because I learn more from when it goes wrong. And I want people to know that even you know, I've been doing this 40 years and I still have mistakes. I push the limits. I, you know, a friend of mine who's a fellow horticulturist says, we know why our plants die. That's the difference. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I think part of it is it's a chance to connect with nature and some things you can do. Um, I'm really big about keeping the budget low. Um, I'm doing daily Facebook posts just on things that you'd have around the house or could easily still get during these times. Um, fun projects for all ages, especially families. And one thing I love to do is repurpose items into container gardens. You know, find an old kid's toy, drill some holes in the bottom, fill it with potting mix. I've got some greens growing, a colander. I'm um, lined with landscape fabric, put some potting mix in, I'm growing parsley in. And I think, I think it's one, getting your kids involved in the planning stage and even little ones, give them crayons and paper, cut out pictures and catalogs, um, go online. There's so much information and have the kids help you plan the garden. What do you like to eat? Maybe try some different things. I was just, um, a lot of the garden centers luckily are considered essential because they're selling food plants depending on where you live, but you could do curbside pickup. Some are doing delivery. And one of my favorite tomatoes, because it's my grandkids' favorite, is sun sugar tomato. It's the candy of the garden. I don't know if you've tried them, Ben. I have not, but I will. Uh, they're, 
Put that on your list. Your kids will love it. They're small cherry tomatoes, some of the sweetest I've had. They're tall plants, very productive. One plant will do for, I usually plant too many, and then I have too many sun sugars. But I took a bowl to my grandson's birthday party in late September a couple years ago, and all the parents there looked at me like, are you nuts? You're bringing tomatoes? Well, my grandkids know how good they are. So they started eating, cleaned out the bowl cleaned it out so you know it's i think you can help your kids learn to appreciate and love vegetables even if they haven't in the past and when you grow it you're more likely to eat it and you know how good those berries your grandma had and then the preserves she made with them or the desserts she made with them how much better it tastes and i think if we help our kids plan get them to plant, they love to water usually, and picking and, and helping prepare the meal once it's ready. I think you'll be amazed that kids really will catch on to the gardening. Oh, that's excellent. Um, that's what I was going to ask is what are some practical gardening goals that people can have as they first start out? If this is the first shot they're taking at gardening, what are some practical goals they can have? You know what? Start with things you like. Keep it small and simple. I mean, I think you get so excited, and I know I'm guilty of this. I have to put the brakes on for myself. But I think one of the things is, what will your family eat? And if you're not going to preserve it, you know, eventually we'll be able to donate the surplus to food pantries and things. But maybe one or two tomatoes. You know, maybe it's a paste tomato because you like sauces and stews. Maybe it's a cherry tomato that you could just eat, eat fresh. And then maybe a slicer, you know, like a beefsteak. So maybe you have, depending on what you like to eat, a pepper or two. You know, I like bell peppers, but I love shishito peppers. You know, they're kind of, they're mild. Every tenth one is hot. So think about those things you like. But then the other thing I find is growing things that are quick to mature while you wait for your tomatoes. Tomatoes take typically 70 to 110 days in warm weather, right? So I like to do greens. I grow this baby Tuscan leaf kale. And I don't, I'm not a big kale eater, and you know, it's the food we should be eating. So the baby leaf kale is very mild, and it's ready in like 30 days. Oh. So if I plant that, and or radishes that are often ready in 25 days, and especially with kids or first-time gardeners, you know, you wait, you wait for your tomato. Well, if you can harvest some radishes, pick some leaves of your lettuce, and it'll keep producing while you wait for your tomatoes, you're going to be a lot happier. Yeah. And then for those folks in colder areas, you know, I'm in Wisconsin now, so we can just get started planting some greens and cool crops, but microgreens are easy. So even if you don't have outdoor garden space, you know, you can get a fast food container, punch some holes in the bottom, a little potting mix, some organic microgreen or sprouting seeds, and in 10 days you're harvesting. And they're tasty and fun. Hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah, I was thinking of that for people who live in apartments or condos that don't have, you know, uh, some, some terrain on their or their property. Uh, that's a great idea to get started is, is getting that sunlight through your window can can get you there. <laughs> and the other thing that's fun is there's so many new products. So people have maybe a little bit bigger budget. I've been growing um, this planter from Gardener Supply. It has a built-in LED light. And I've been growing greens in my shop for the last two months. And harvesting, I use lettuce that you can cut the outer leaves. It keeps producing this baby leaf kale. And we've been eating salads that I've harvested from inside my shop thanks to the LED light. And so I've gotten some of those fresh vegetables. So the LED lights are 
excellent. The prices come down. There's lots of variations out there. So if you are in an apartment, a good sunny window, like you mentioned, works great then. And if you're just not getting the light you need, maybe you want to grow some herbs. Maybe you want to grow some greens. Maybe even want to try tomato inside. There's lots of good materials available to help you do that. Oh, that's great. Um, and so I wanted to touch on as, you know, as cause, people are dealing with a lot of financial stress, et cetera. Um, but there, there's what sort of equipment though is needed? If, if we're getting started with this, we may need a few things. What, what can we, what do we need to have? So if you're gardening inside, that's pretty easy. A container, a sunny window, or maybe you want to invest in an LED light. And I have found a lot of them that are very reasonable. So it's all about the sunlight. You're going to need some kind of container if you're doing container gardens. And again, a five-gallon bucket. Drill some holes in it. Maybe you planted some shrubs in the past. Save those pots. Use those. Um, we mentioned the toy. So, and potting mix. A good quality quality potting mix if you're doing container gardens. And then a, just a hand trowel is usually enough. Now, if you're going outside, um, and it's really hard, I'm the, you know, I love to try all these new tools. So I, I try to go, what do you really need, right? So a good shovel, uh, an iron rake, those are one to help smooth your soil. Um, I have this great thing I love called a weed knife, and it's got a handle a long blade, serrate on one side, smooth on the other. I can weed with it. I can divide perennials. Um, it's wonderful tool. I find very useful. You might want a trowel. So that's got like a mini handheld shovel with just a, obviously a smaller blade for planting your transplants. Um, uh, and then look around your yard. I think one of the things we often overlook is we have a lot of resources in our yard. So I love to mulch the garden after I plant. Um, I do make my own compost. I often have to buy some because I don't have enough for the garden space I have. But amending your soil, so compost, if your soil is fast-draining, rocky and sandy, or if it's heavy clay and poorly drained, you're either going to need to create a raised garden with, you know, doing some special soil or adding a couple inches of organic matter, peat moss, core, C-O-I-R, which are the husk of coconuts or compost and compost does amazing things so if you can find a quality compost that's great so we're going to work that into the top 12 inches that's where your shovel and your rake come in handy um, and then you're going to have your seeds and your transplants and transplants are important for those long season crops so you look at when your last spring frost is and your first fall frost average dates calculate how many days of frost-free weather you have and then the vegetables you want to grow Will they grow, mature, and give you time to harvest if you start them in the garden from seed, or do you need to buy transplants? So those of us in colder areas, tomatoes, peppers, typically take a long time, and if we don't want to wait till right before the frost, we want to get transplants or start the seeds indoors. So I think those are kind of the basic tools if you're looking at doing a food garden. I see, excellent. Um... And then what are some common challenges that first-time gardeners experience? How can they avoid some common mistakes? Please help us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I find there's two kinds of gardeners. The benign neglect that maybe are too neglectful. Well, I put it in the ground and I walked away and all I have are weeds, okay? And then we have the people that give them too much TLC and that's often the first-time gardeners, right? <laughs> so I think watering is one of the big issues. So what happens when we water our garden we want to water thoroughly, but not often, to encourage good deep roots. 
so that they're more drought tolerant. Now, new seedlings, you're gonna to need to keep that soil moist till the seedlings sprout and start to root. Then gradually cut back. With transplants, keep that root ball moist until again, they start rooting in. And once you, they've been in there a couple of weeks, thoroughly water once a week. And that's usually good enough for most climates. In really hot areas, check the soil. Feel the top, say three inches of soil, rub it between your hands. If it's starting to go dry, it's time to water thoroughly. This is where mulch comes in. It helps suppress weeds, conserve moisture, and as it breaks down, it improves the soil. Shredded leaves, you may have them in your landscape. Evergreen needles, you know, look around. What do you have that would work as um, a mulch on the soil? Just a thin layer is all you'll need, about an inch or two, depending on the product. So that's one thing. Fertilization. I'm a low input gardener. I'm, I'm not the totally neglecting one, but the, I figured the more efficient I am, the more gardens I can have. And so I use um, Melorganite, which is a low nitrogen, slow release fertilizer. And the reason I like it is I add it to the soil at planting, then mid season, only if my plants need a nutrient boost, they're not growing like I want, the leaves are not looking as vivid green as they should, I'll apply a second, make a second application. And the nice part is it's goof proof. I never recommend using more fertilizer than you need, okay? But I do recommend something that's goof proof. So if, oops, I over fertilized, you're not gonna kill your plants. So fertilization, sometimes people do too much, then they get leaves and stems and no flowers or not enough and they don't get taken care of. And then keep after the weeds. And if you start at planting, they're easier to pull. They don't flower and go to seed, so then you don't have a thousand of them to weed out next year. All right. Those are great tips to help us here get started. Uh, and what are some techniques or practices that really excite children as they start to have a garden? You mentioned watering before. It's fun for them. Kids love to water, so that's a fun thing. So what a couple things I like to do is if you don't have a lot of space, you might want to give them their own containers. A friend of mine said her parents elevated troughs on um, legs, and each one of her boys had their own garden. So it was a substantial size. It was a grandma and grandpa's house. Well, now it may be at your house because of social distancing, but then they each had their own garden. If you have space, you know, I have more room, and so my grandkids in the past have had their own garden bed. And the first year, my grandson was pretty little and loved to dig, so I'm like, well, just plant half of that garden, and then you can run your trucks in the other half. <laughs> you know, kind of work with your kids. Don't expect them to be great gardeners. Don't expect them to care like you do and then let them plan again you know my daughter when she was eight we lived in a small city lot and she wanted a big garden in our backyard we gave her prime growing conditions and her dad's also is also a horticulturist and I had to push him aside and go we just want her to garden I know these plants don't go together but if she's happy she'll do it again right. you know it took her a few years but now she has her own house and gardens and then if you've got raised beds, that's even better. And I don't mean even fancy ones, just raking the soil. So the paths between the planting beds, the paths are lower. So when kids are walking, it's physically separating the garden space from the path because they get so excited that they run through the garden all over the plants and you just have to take a deep breath. <laughs> Try to redirect them, right? But if you physically create somewhat of a barrier, that really helps as a, a physical, okay, this is the garden. And, um, you know, make sure their hands can reach into that garden space to plant and weed and harvest as well. Great. All right. Um, during this time in Wisconsin's growing season, do you have some insights into what families can do now to prepare a successful garden? 
you know, if soil preparation, when, you know, you want your soil to be slightly moist when you start digging. So grab a handful of soil anywhere you're gardening, gently squeeze, tap it with your finger. If it breaks apart, then it's at a good moisture level. If it stays in a mud ball, go back to planting. Because if you work your soil when it's too wet, you're going to end up with clods, you're going to end up with cracking soil, and it's going to be a nightmare not only this year, but next. So that's one thing you want to do. Um, the other thing is you can, the most all the extension offices pretty much around the country have planting guides and so if you're doing vegetables they usually have a vegetable planting guide and so it'll say you can plant these crops at this time and a lot of them say you need this much to feed a family of four whether you're doing fresh and then more if you're harvesting so what's exciting is the uh, university extension provides that information so whether you're gardening in wisconsin you know i'm working on i I weeded my asparagus. The plants are this big right now, the spears. Um, I prepped the soil. I'm going to be putting in some broccoli and some cabbage transplants. I'm going to cover them with row cover. Um, that's great anywhere you garden. It keeps, it lets air, light, and water in, keeps the pests out like cabbage worms. It also keeps pollinators out. So you can't cover things like your squash for the whole season once they start blooming, but it also keeps keeps the heat nearby. So I can pr protect my transplants until they adjust. And also in case we get some crazy weather, you know, you never, everywhere we garden, it's never normal, right? And so it's just that extra protection just so that I don't waste my time and effort and lose my plants because I wasn't being careful. I see, I see. How, I, I just wanted to ask you, how satisfying is it for you to share um, this information? You've, you're, you're, an expert and so much you have so much experience at this and have so much insight in how people can be successful how satisfying is that to know you've given that gift to so many you know anytime a gardener emails me or I run into him in a vet and says you know what I heard you speak I read a tip and I was able to harvest tomatoes or maybe they share their tips with me that I can pass on to others my hardest thing with this whole stay safer at home and I'm all for because health is important and more people are gardening. I'm, a lot of my events have been canceled. And so I missed my garden people to talk to in person. You know, <laughs> virtual's good. So, you know, I'm taking advantage of that. Sure. But it is, it, it fills my heart because I know the joy I get from gardening. My daughter is a psychologist and she swore she'd never do horticulture because her parents did. Well, now she's a gardener and she's working with her clients many of whom are gardeners, to help them use gardening, to help them through difficult periods. You know, it elevates our mood, reduces our blood pressure, it reduces stress that we're all feeling right now, no matter where you are, it is a stressful period. And so anytime I can help somebody through gardening, I think it's great. And I, I think it's going to help bring us together too. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's what I was thinking, you know, time in the garden is a cherished time where we experience you know an awe of nature the bonds between friends and family members you know that's what exactly what i was going to ask you about is what you brought up is it it eases anxiety it uh it helps us manage our stress it focuses us on the positive things that we have uh, right around us uh, the miracle of planting a seed in a soil and getting in some soil and having a plant come out of it it's it's just something that reawakens our our gratitude for being alive, for, for what we're surrounded with, the bounty of, of, of everything that's around us. It really takes our mind off of stress and really makes a really healthy experience for families. 
You bet. And and it's so easy to do. You know, I, I, it's easy. People are going, well, yeah, you, that's what you do, yeah. Melinda. You know, it's plant a few seeds, right? Do something to get started and you'll be amazed, one, how successful you'll be, and two, what a difference it's going to make. And then, wow, you're going to be growing gardeners for the future. May, they may not grow the rest of their life until they're older and have a house, you know, maybe a few years they take off, but they'll understand where food comes from. They'll appreciate the, the nutritional value and the flavor of fresh from the garden or farmer's market produce. And you'll be changing habits for a lifetime. Yes, absolutely. Um, anything you wanted to share? I saw on melindamyers.com, your website there, that there's a number of uh, different events. Hopefully that won't wind up being canceled, but uh, you know, there's so many people doing so many positive things. I saw in there uh, Fresh Coast Guardians that you helped to raise awareness about, about protecting Lake Michigan. Um, what are some things that, are, that you're finding exciting right now that for people who are starting to awaken to the joy of gardening, what is something that they can connect with that will be exciting for them? You know, and I think, as I mentioned, I, I think gardening is a way to bring us together. But it, you were talking such great insight into when we connect with nature. When we connect with nature, I think we start seeing beyond our backyard and beyond our own personal garden issues. The reason I teamed up with Fresh Coast Guardians, it's about being responsible about how we manage our landscapes, our home yards, to keep water out of our basements, to prevent flooding, to protect our waterways. It's something I've always talked about, and it fits nicely with gardening. Rain barrels, if they're allowed in your municipality to collect water that you can use for your containers and your ornamental plantings, rain gardens that are beautiful. You know, if you love flowers, we've talked a lot about food because that's really been the focus lately, but flowers really elevate your mood as well. And rain gardens help trap water as it runs off your patio, your deck, your walks, your drive before it goes to the storm sewer. It, the plant roots and the soil filter the impurities out and it recharges the water. Um, trees today, you know, Arbor Day is the last Friday in um, April, but I think it's celebrated all year. So every day in my world is Arbor Day. So always call to make sure they locate your underground utilities first so there's no injury, whether planting a garden or a tree or shrub. But trees have an important role, not only cleaning the pollutants out of our air, but helping to trap water, clean water, and get it to recharge our groundwater. Then again, running into the storm sewer. I'm working with um, American Transmission Company also with the Grow Smart program. And they're the ones with the large transmission lines. And you know, none of us want to have trees cut down, but trees and power lines don't go together. But I'm working with them on a program to plant pollinator friendly plants under the utility lines. And they're encouraging others to do the same. And so this is a perfect place for native plants. They recover quickly if they have to go in and do any maintenance. That's the perfect continuous habitat for pollinators. You know, the problem with our bees and our monarchs and many of our other pollinators is we've got a patch of garden here and a patch of garden there, and they have to spend a lot of energy to find food and shelter. Well, think about those transmission lines, right? And then if we can support that by doing the same thing on our property and nearby, growing natives, pollinator-friendly plants, 
one, we're going to enjoy the beautiful flowers and the butterflies and the hummingbirds and bees that come to visit, right? We need them to pollinate our gardens, but we can enjoy them when they come and visit. And so I feel very lucky that um, I have lots of partners that I only pick people that are supporting gardeners to be successful, whether it's a tool like Corona or Fox Club that has gloves that are 50 plus UVB, UVP, I think UV protection. Hmm. So it's the most value. So people who have skin concerns or we all need to be careful with our skin that they're great for gripping, they're very fine texture. And so I look for clients like that plant skin that's an organic um, animal repellent. You know, if you're planting a garden and there are deer and rabbits nearby, they're going to find them. Yeah. Fence is the best way to take keep them out. Oh, but you may opt with repellents and just make sure it's labeled for food crops if you're growing vegetables. I see. Excellent. That's great. Uh, Melinda, I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Will you run through these six quick questions with me? Okay. All right. As you look back on your amazing career and your service to people becoming better gardeners, who are you thankful for today? Wow. You know what? I've had so many good people help me along the way. Obviously, my parents and grandparents who inspired me at an early age. I met this cool guy who's passed away years ago called Ray Greiton, who is a home gardener who could make compost in 10 days, grew seven crops of lettuce in Wisconsin, okay? And he taught me about the row covers and soil prep. And all he wanted in return was for me to pass it on. And I said, Ray, he spent 14 hours a day at his garden. I said, Ray, I'll do that. But I need to put the Melinda spin, the low maintenance for those of us that work. And he was so generous. And Bob Skier, Robert Skier, was a city forester in Milwaukee, internationally known, was on the committee that hired me for my job at Extension and always was a big supporter. Here's what you need to do to be successful in your career. He made a huge impact, not only in the arboriculture profession, but also in people and communities and inspired me to do the same. Amazing. And now that we've discussed who you're thankful for today, <laughs> what are you thankful for today? You know what? I am lucky that I, you know, I lived in the city for 26 years and crammed a lot of plants in a small city lot and could really enjoy it. And I do the miss that nice, you know, that really kind of cozy feel. But now I'm gardening on a large piece of property so I can test more plants. I can grow more plants. I have different challenges. So I think it makes me better so that I can advise people. And you know what? I think every day um, I have a place to live. I have food to eat. I get to do something I'm passionate about and help others. So that's kind of what I'm thankful for. That's great. How do you fuel the fire within you? You know, gardening definitely helps. I, I'm sure this whole stay safer at home has been hard on everybody, especially people in apartments that have limited space or larger families, you know, that are homeschooling kids. And so, you know, getting out in the garden, thank goodness, it's gardening season. You know, I've been out doing as much as I can in between rain and the really cold weather. And that's what feeds my soul, even though it's what I do professionally. Some One time somebody said, well, what do you do for fun? And I said, well, I garden. And they looked at me like, no, for fun. And I'm like, it is fun. And I just find it really does feed my soul. Oh, that's great. Uh, what is one thing adversity has taught you to value? Hmm. You know what? Things will always get better. You know, you 
be grateful for what's in your life, the people and the good things in your life, that it's sometimes hard to remember. And I think the older you get, the easier it is, because you can look back and go, I made it through that challenge, or that person helped me. Yeah, there were those crazy people, or rude people, or obnoxious people, or people that really put a barrier up. But when you think about it, more people are kind and generous. And I really think about all the people in my life, you know, I only named a couple, but all the people in my life who've supported me. And when I'm feeling down, it seems like they know and give me a call or send a card or say, hey, my gardening was a success. Makes my day. Excellent. Uh, what are you doing today? You may have never thought you could. Hey, I'm doing this today. <laughs> um, you know, technology has never been my friend. A shovel, a, give me a shovel, a rake, I always joke. And, and I do a lot of TV and radio, but I've been learning because of this quarantine, I've been learning to use new technology to connect with people like you, traditional TV and radio stations. I'm recording my radio tips in the closet, you know, <laughs> using my phone. And um, I just am sometimes amazed that um, – it's pretty amazing <laughs> that we're able to connect like this. Yeah. And what will you do tomorrow? You may have never thought you could. Well, um, on my list is to do my first virtual class. And so I'm hoping that happens. So check my website. So I decided that my events were canceled. I need to reach people that are interested in gardening and take the things we've talked about, but do a little more garden detail. And so uh, check my website and see if I do something this tomorrow to make it happen in the near future. Excellent. All right. Well, Linda, how can people learn more about you and your amazing work? Well, thank you so much, Ben. Visit melindamyers.com. That's my website. If you do have questions, post it on info at melindamyers.com and give me some time because I'm outnumbered. But as you had mentioned, I do audio and video tips that are housed on my website as well as airing around TV and radio stations. We've got frequently asked questions. We've got calendars, checklists to remind you, okay, it's April. What can you do now? And I try to be zone neutral. You know, if it's something for the South, I'll say that so Northern gardeners don't plant their tomatoes out this month. <laughs> but um, I try to really provide the information that I find gardeners need. Excellent. Well, Linda, it's been such a pleasure here today. Thank you for taking the time to connect with me here on Get Up Nation and inspire us all uh, to get in our gardens, to live a, a healthy well, life that balances our stress. And, and uh, it's been such an honor to talk with you today. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate the opportunity.